It's cool to have the band members of Empty for a talk with The Antidote. Guys, thanks for coming. Thank you for having us. Thanks, man. Looking forward to it. Can I have all of you introduce yourselves and, I guess, give us your job description? Uh, my name is Gary. I do vocals. My name is Mitch. I play guitar. My name's Cody, and I play bass. And no drummer. No drummer. Not currently at the moment. Maybe it's time for the birth story of Empty. How did you all meet? Well, uh, between like Mitch, myself, and uh, our previous drummer, we had all kind of like played in bands together, and we'd all known each other from our local scene. Like we played in bands that would have like played shows together, and uh, years later, we ended up like getting together and making Empty, and we found Cody uh, conveniently on like a Craigslist ad. So, <laughs> yeah. So I responded to an ad that said looking for post hardcore bass player, and I was like, I love Thursday and Glassjaw. This is the kind of thing I should be into. So I, I sent him an email back, and here we are. <laughs> then how similar is Empty to the previous bands you were in? Pretty wildly different. All the previous bands that I've personally been in has just been like pop rock and pop punk. So this is. This is my first heavy band, I guess you could say. I've never been in other bands, so I guess it's pretty similar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as far as like, and on a further level, other than just like talking about sound, um, the level of like work and dedication that goes into all of what Empty is is definitely on an entirely different level than any other band I had been in before. I do find it interesting because your band's sound, you do a little bit of everything. It seems to be like a, a smorgasbord. Like, I mean, you've got the soft moments, you've got the hard moments, the very melodic. Right, right. We definitely, um, we have a lot of interest in a lot of different sounds. And uh, we kind of just went for what we were feeling at the time that the song was written. We didn't want to be confined to just one single genre and that's how we felt about it. We basically just wrote the record that we wanted to write. Well, how about we talk about Empty's first release? Your 2018 EP is titled The Healing Process. But I'd like to hear about the band's learning process. I mean, first time in the studio isn't always easy. So how was it for you as a band? So, with the healing process, it was a very, like, simple, like, uh, we got together with a producer, and honestly, that entire thing was, like, done in a bedroom with an interface with a guy who was just really good at mixing stuff. That's amazing that you could pull that off. Yeah, I mean, it was all just, like, done in this bedroom studio, which was really cool. So whenever we transferred over to doing... Um, hope and the loss of it where like everything is live and we actually went to like a real studio to record everything. It was a whole, a whole different thing that everybody was just kind of walking in blind to. A great song from the healing process is if I'm dead, so are you. The title makes it sound as if it will be depressing, but it's not. It gives the negatives of somebody's life, but then it says I've lost all remorse for the person I was. These weary eyes will see once again. Is it actually easy to turn darkness into bright? 
if you choose to. Um, I personally have the standpoint that everything kind of sucks for everybody. But if you wake up in the morning and you allow that darkness and that negativity to rule your life, that's the only perspective you'll ever see. You have to wake up and you have to acknowledge that there is good. You just have to work for it. And you just have to make the positivity in your own life. You just can't, you can't wish for it. You have to strive for it. And uh, to add to that, I believe that like, I don't really think that seeing light in the darkness is ever really all that easy. But uh, when talking about that song in particular, I think a lot of it is just a growing process. Growing process for the individual themselves. Yes. So when do you think you hit that level where you've reached that maturity to really realize that about yourself? It really varies on the individual. I know for like myself, that was a very personal song for me, but for myself, so I got to a point where I was like ready to look myself in the mirror and say, I am not the person that I would like to be at this point in my life. I'm not really a person that I'm proud of. And I think when you can finally reach a point where you can have an honest conversation like that with yourself is when you have hit that point, at least enough maturation to be able to grow. I agree with that. Something I find amazing is how empty burst into the music scene. I mean, obviously you're still a new band but you've already been added to major tours with headliners like Oh Sleeper and Wolves of the Gate. What has that done for your fan base? It's been exponential. Um, we went from doing relatively successful DIY tours with our friends' bands and bands we were just meeting up with to being able to wake up in the morning and play. You know, we played The End with Wolves of the Gate. That's a venue that everybody that I look up to has played. You know, we played the pin at El Corzon. That's, that's a legendary venue. And it's just been incredible to every night look from the stage and through kind of the, the hue of the house lights that you see, every night there's more and more kids singing along. There's more and more kids acknowledging that, hey, this band's pretty good. And every night there's more and more people who come up to us and are like, we heard you on Spotify. We heard you on someone's playlist. We heard you through like YouTube. And it's really humbling for all of us. And I mean, like over a year ago, we were doing those tours where we we're playing to sometimes we have a good night and then sometimes we would play to like maybe five people. And uh, it's definitely been really cool to see like hundreds of people in an audience and a good portion of them have heard of us or know the words. And it's just it's been a crazy experience, really. What sucks for me is missing empty play at audio feed this last summer so what about giving a description of an empty show like is it really as wild as the photos show uh we would definitely like to think so our goal for every show is what can we do to make this just a little bit crazier than the last show that we played like we want every show to be the best the wildest the craziest and whatever we can do to feel like we have reached our goal as far as putting on a good cohesive show where we sounded good and we put on an energetic performance that was fun to watch and fun for the crowd to be involved in. The thing that you have to remind yourself as a band that even if it's your thousandth time playing that song, 
it's the first time for somebody else. So you can't let your body get tired. You can't let your mind get tired. You have to look at the situation and say, if this is the last time, was it worth it? And that's how we view an empty show. Every time is the last time until the next time. And how do you keep the energy going? You must be exhausted some shows. Sheer force of willpower. Exactly. <laughs> However, also, it's just really like we couldn't really see ourselves performing any other way. Right. And also, it's just whenever you see like kids in the front, like they're standing in the front, they're screaming the words back at you. It's hard to not give them the performance that you know that they're looking for. It just feels a lot easier to go through the set and completely destroy our bodies whenever we're seeing other people that are just as energetic and hype about what we're doing. And on another level, we only really work for maybe 40 minutes a day. So that's 25, 30 minutes on stage. That's our time to be like, okay, I've been sitting in a van for 23 hours. <laughs> I can get it all out now. I can do this right now. And then by the time it's over, your body doesn't hurt. And I mean, it takes a while. It's usually by the time loadout is done and you're driving down the highway. For me, as somebody who does all the night driving or a significant amount of it, 2.30 in the morning will come around and I can start to feel my knees quiver. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was a good one. That was a good show. <laughs> you know, I have to say that what Empty is doing is really every band's dream. Here you are, you're getting new fans, you're playing lots of shows. And in 2019, you signed a solid state for the release of your debut full length, Hope and the Loss of It. How did you get picked up by the label? Well, uh, we did an extensive amount of DIY touring since the very beginning of Empty. And uh, we had some connections with the, uh, the guys in To Speak of Wolves, who we did a tour with, as well as we played a show with Death Therapy. And uh, at that very first show, the very first time we met him, we were like, hey, man, like you guys are doing like something really cool. And we see that you guys have a run coming up can we jump on it? And Jason wisdom was gracious and kind enough to let us do that run with him. And, uh, after we got off those two tours, solid state sent us an email. He said that, uh, they were interested in signing us and they wanted to send us like a preliminary, like contract for us to look over. And, uh, after a very short negotiation process, uh, everything got put together and then we went to go record our record, which was like, really hard to not say anything for a long time because we had known that we were like signed for a while, but we had months of like recording and waiting for something to be released so that we could finally say that we were signed to the label that we had been striving to be signed to since we started. Well, now you have to tell me, have you made Jason Wisdom an honorary band member? He's dad. He's our honorary band dad. Yeah. He's one of them. <laughs> he's one of the he's one of the few band dads. If you've made it to be an empty band dad, you hold a very special place in our heart. <laughs> it's interesting also about the new album because Empty had a legit reason for delaying your album release show. Maybe you should explain what happened. Was that the hurricane? Yeah. yeah. The one yeah. the one thing people can't control is is mother nature and it would have been very stress-inducing to throw a show during a time when a national emergency was happening involving that hurricane 
we had people coming from out of state. We had people driving and flying. And to put the risk and safety of those people for us wasn't worth it. We can always delay a show. You can always play a venue again. But if someone were to get hurt or maybe even worse because of us, I don't know. I don't think that's something justifiable. So we just decided to make the call that, hey, this can wait. And it was still a successful show. We still had a great time. People still came and enjoyed it. We got to play with all of our friends. Yeah, we got to play with all of our friends. It was very much a a, a capstone moment for us. I don't think you're really giving me all the truth. I think the real reason is that Empty actually loves drama, and you needed Dorian as your backdrop for the release. Right. <laughs> Dave's going to get us canceled. <laughs> Empty canceled 2020. We always had a flair for the dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> your song from the new release, Slow Death by Fluorescent Lighting. I mean, I do get it about being careful of the mercury in fluorescent tubes, but like the lighting, you know? Anyway, okay, so I'm going to be serious. The song shares... That's, line- what, that's what that song is about, Dave. That song is about mercury poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, right. (laughs) Back to being serious. The song shares lines like, there is no hell worse than loneliness, and how do I exist here as a ghost? The song comes across as if it's really a personal experience, but is it? Yes and no. Um, Whenever Gary and I were working on the lyrics, we had decided to let it be ambiguous. But I think, at least on a personal level, it's about the struggle that I face whenever I'm feeling lonely. And not lonely as in, like, you know, the lack of people, but lonely as in I'm the only person in the crowded room who kind of gets what I'm feeling right now. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, without love, without hope, we won't make it through. That's why that's such a big, important line in that song. Whenever you're feeling that kind of way, you have to remember that you almost have to be willfully naive and you just have to tell yourself without these things, where does this end? And where does it end for most people? I guess a bad place for most people. I don't know. I think it could end in like doing personally negative things to yourself. Addiction. You know, I think you turn to things that are supposed to make you feel better, but at the end they just make you feel worse. And I think that sometimes you just have to be able to step back and look at the community you're involved with and the people you associate yourself with and just seek for help or seek for just a a voice and the reason. I want to ask about the video for Slow Death by Fluorescent Lighting. Here he is, the band's all looking pretty, you know, dressed in white and in a white room. And then something black starts pouring down on your heads. What was it? It was just washable paint. It was totally paint. Totally. Legitimately. It was cold and smelled like mint. It was also gluten-free. <laughs> no, we're not kidding you. It said on the side of the bottle, gluten-free. Which, Mitch has celiac, so it's uh, gluten-free. We took the extra precaution. And I hope it was low-cal, too, for those that are dieting. Yeah, a lot of it got in my mouth, and it tasted really bad. It definitely tasted gluten-free, so... <laughs> <laughs> Made for a cool video, probably won't ever do it again because that paint took three days to wash out of my hair. (laughs) Yeah, you would get in the shower and you would kind of just start 
shampooing and then you would think you would have it and then you would do another thing of shampoo and then there would just be still more paint. It filled everywhere. It was annoying. It was like in your pores. The instruments, those were just beater ones used for the video? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> some of them were, some of them were. I, I, was, I was the only one that had a beater instrument for the video. <laughs> my, my green bass has survived that music video, has survived probably 50 to 75 shows, and I'm just going to play her until she falls apart on me. <laughs> I cleaned her off. That paint came off, and she started making noise again, and I was like, all right. I think that Gretsch drum kit was definitely the biggest tragedy because that took a real hard hit with the paint. Luckily, it washed off, but yeah, it was it was bad times. You know, another song I've gotten into is You Call Yourself a Shepherd. That's a critical song. What's the story behind it? Well, I, I, I'm going to say what I have to say, and I'm sure Cody's going to have something to add on to it. Um as a band and especially as a band that uh, we claim to be Christians, we try to be very honest about what we believe and what we don't believe and what we hold true in our morals. And you call yourself a shepherd is really about the type of Christians that we don't agree with that are typically hypocrites or people that use a position of power to take advantage or lie and deceive others and uh, make them feel or believe in ways that we don't really agree with. Cody, you got anything to add? That was pretty much about it. Yeah. How many people like that have you run into over the years? Over, over my lifetime, a lot. A lot of those kinds of people. You really wonder why they get to be that way. Here it is. We know the love of Christ. And that's how we're supposed to be with each other. But they don't want to follow that. I think it's because they read the good book, but they don't truly acknowledge what it's actually saying. I think they just see the the ink on the paper and not the meaning behind it. And uh, I believe that a lot of people, which this might like ruffle some feathers, but I believe a lot of people in the Christian community, whether they mean to or not, can have a superiority complex Mm. like a very much i'm better than you because i have this belief system and my belief system is the only one that's right and i need everybody else to go along with the guidelines of my belief system the holier than thou kind of deal well said prototype for breathing is another song that's included on hope and the loss of it It's a little more stripped down, I guess, in comparison to most of the album. But anyway, at one point it says, fill my lungs with the sea breeze because I cannot see the end. So what if you could see the end? Would it change you and what you're doing? Well, in context... I know. I love pulling things out of context, and I do that purposefully. Right. (laughs) Right. So if we were speaking in context, that would be like... We're thinking of a youthful time where we are like, okay, we're young and this like age is never going to end. But, uh, but you're saying now that you're old and decrepit. Right. Now that I'm 22 and old and decrepit and can't do all the cool hip things that I could do when I was 16. You play seven (laughs) shows and your knees start popping and it's all downhill. Right. (laughs) 
I mean, I really think that the end of the, the song in that bridgey piece, it highlights on that. And that if you could see the end, you would see that this is like this kind of bitter ending that we, we all grow up and we all move away and we all leave our friends behind and we have our own lives, which uh, I know like at 16, 17 and you're in like high school years, you don't want to believe that. You want to think that like all your friends are going to be your friends until the day that you die. And like, everybody's going to stick together and we're all going to be close. And like, nobody's ever going to leave your life. And then reality comes into it. Right. That wasn't supposed to be a sad song, but you kind of just turned it into a sad song now. So thanks to that. <laughs> Dave, we trusted you. <laughs> we trusted you. Full disclosure. I had no idea what most of these lyrics even meant until now. I just like playing them. The riffs are tasty. That's it. Sorry for crushing you guys. That's <laughs> all right. We're used to it. It's fine. Most of the music from Empty delivers a positive message. Is that the main message of the band itself? The positivity? Oh, yes, absolutely. For sure. 100%. 100%. That is our end goal at the end of the day. I want somebody who listens to us and somebody who watches us, even seeing us for the first time, or like anytime they talk to us or have any interaction. I want to make sure that people take away a positive message from us. Life is so incredibly short. There's really no reason to ever be, to be mean or rude. You know, why would you want to exude negativity into the world? Why not use the position that you have to exude positivity and to breathe maybe hopeful breath into somebody? Because we're in such a positive community. Although maybe not some of the music, might sound happy if you take a deeper meaning and if you take the deeper look you'll see that most of it is very happy and very forward and positive and it would just feel like a waste to try and, and breathe such negativity out you know and there's also just so much negativity already in the world this scene is a home to us and it's a home to a lot of other people especially people that like us and listen to us so we want to make sure that they have something hopeful and something positive to go home with. I'm going to be closing this show with, from a chemist's point of view, which is the empty song that's getting the most reaction. Why do people connect so tightly with it? That's like our angriest song. That's an excellent question. Yeah, that is an excellent question, because it's not, it's not the song that I thought people were going to connect to the most. It's one of those more ambiguous songs. Like, we had a very specific intention and theme behind it but it ended up being a song that people can kind of make their own interpretations about and they can kind of put it in perspective of their own lives which i think maybe that's why it's gotten a good reaction but uh other than that i don't really know i guess in a sense you could view from a chemist's point of view as a sister song to if i'm dead so are you right where at the end of if i'm dead these weird eyes will see once again yeah if you go from that to what we know is somebody acknowledging that they have issues, but they push forward and they continue despite having them. If you look at chemists for better or for worse, I remain unchanged. You could almost see that as the different side of the mirror as maybe the, the person looking in. And also I think it's because that breakdown, that breakdown is tasty. That's a nice, that's a nasty breakdown. I, we play that breakdown and I'm always like, yeah, I can see the kids like gearing up for spin kicks. And I'm like, oh, here they come. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. 
Well, it's been great having Empty on the Antidote. Guys, thanks so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much.